In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Sometimes it's hard for all of us to believe that. That Jesus loves us and trusts us so much that he makes us his ambassadors. It is such a great kindness and it is such a great responsibility that God would make his saving appeal to the world through us. That we must always tend our lives, our words and our deeds and our witness. And now ask again on this first day of Lent, if the ashes help or hurt this troubled world. You remember that it started in the Middle Ages. Christians would come to church on Ash Wednesday barefoot and dress in sackcloth, an irritating concoction of hemp and goat's hair that rubbed and itched them and reminded them of their sins and their sorrows and their death and their punishment. When the prayers of the church were finished, they threw ashes over their heads. The ashes reminded them that they were dust, and to dust they would return. We're a little short on the sackcloth, and also on the bare feet. But we do have the ashes here tonight. And what will you do with them? Joel seems to be an ashes man, and Matthew does not. Joel says, make a scene. This is a night for weeping and for mourning and for fasting and for praying. Blow the trumpet. Come to the temple. Be forgiven. Don't just tear your clothes. Tear your hearts in half. Examine yourselves. Look at all the sinful things you've done. Listen to all the sinful things that you have said. And stop now, says Joel, repent and return to the Lord your God. It's for everybody, says Joel, for moms and dads and brides and grooms, for young and old, even for the infants, for lay folk and for pastors, and it's all quite public. Joel would have liked St. Bernard, who said, before the Lord we are all worms and dust, and ashes. Joel would be here tonight, barefoot and in sackcloth. And he would have them rubbed right between his eyes in the shape of a cross as a witness to Christ. While Joel seems to be a man of the ashes, Matthew does not. Joel says, make a scene. But Matthew says, beware of practicing your piety before men in order to be seen by them. If you blow your trumpet when you give your money, if you stand on the corner when you say your prayers, if you scrunch your face when you fast, so that everybody notices and praises and pities you, then you've gotten all that you're going to get, and you've taken your reward from men and not from God. 
Matthew seems to say that a night like this should be quite private. And it makes you wonder whether Matthew would ever have the ashes. Now, all of that may not be as troubling as it seems. While on the face of it, Joel seems to be an ashes man and Matthew does not, in fact, both men are quite the same. Here's how. Before Joel and Matthew are for or against the ashes, together they are for the Lord. Joel calls for weeping and mourning and fasting and praying and tearing your heart in half to put the focus back on the Lord. The mourning and weeping and fasting and praying and tearing things to bits destroys and defaces anything that would stand between you and Christ. It's why so many people make a vow for Lent. Matthew, on the other hand, warns of anything too public. Public giving, public praying, public fasting. Why? Like Joel, to put the focus back on Christ. Keep your giving and your prayers and your fasting private, says Matthew, because that destroys your personal piety and it hampers your pride. And that, you see, is the whole point of private discipline and increased devotion for Lent. So here is the bottom line and your guide for the next 40 days. Anything, mourning, weeping, fasting, praying, tearing things to bits, anything goes completely wrong when we focus on ourselves, whether we do it publicly or privately. And it goes completely right when it focuses us, us on Christ and his gifts. So Joel and Matthew are really two sides of the same coin. One tells you what to do, the other tells you what not to do, but both show us a way to rejoice in Christ who goes before us these 40 days. Sometimes ambassadors work quite publicly. They never miss the chance to give a speech or have a photo taken. But at other times, ambassadors work quite privately, skulking around in the dark and talking on scrambled phone lines and going to secret meetings. However, both kinds of ambassadors serve their king well because they put the focus back on the king. And now for the ashes. Of themselves, the ashes are a very neutral thing, like so many other things in life. They are palm branches kept from last Palm Sunday, dried and then burned and powdered. And they are here tonight to remind us all that we really are just worms and dust and ashes, that we are dust and to dust we shall return. If we search ourselves, and we are honest, that is all that we will find. But tonight when they are imposed in the sign of the cross, reminding us of Christ and his cross and his death and his resurrection, 
his forgiveness for us, which conquers anything that would assail us and opens the heavens for us. It's all gospel. So tonight, the ashes are an option because in Christ you are free. If tonight you think that they will help your memory or your piety or your neighbor, somebody who might see you, then come along, you're free. And if you want to take a pass, that's fine too. No matter how you play it, always remember that we actually are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us, and that Jesus really does love us and trust us and even honor us that much. That God, in fact, does make his saving appeal to the world through us. And so, in fact, we must always tend our lives what we say and what we do and how we live. So that, as Luther says, we might live as little Christ to each other and to the world. And that is a Lenten vow that all of us can make and keep. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. amen.